Have you heard about the guys over at Chinook Seedery? They are the only sunflower seed company that is taking the time to connect with college athletes and trying to help them build their brand. They have eight flavors from mild to wild with way less salt and no sandpaper tone. So check them out today over at ChinookSeedery.com. So here's the 3-2 pitch. Ball is hit to left field. And back, and back, and at the wall, Christian Scott brings it back. A fitting end to the Tennessee comeback as the Volunteers have swept the Gators here at Condren Ball. For way many men, many, 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 many men. Yo, what is up, everybody? It is time for the End of the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts, my partners in crime, my brothers from other mothers, Jim Cross, Randy Jowers, and guys, we got episode seven titled No Flash in the Pan because our guest tonight, he is no flash in the pan, and neither are the Tennessee Volunteers because they're here for good. Good, man they're, they're, they've got a, a nice little decade destiny future whatever you want to call it they got some studs and we're going to be talking to none other than christian scott himself and he's going to talk to us about last year he's going to talk to us about this year and what the expectations are so guys i'm ready to get into it i'm ready to see what the volunteers are up to and just kind of get an update on on them and you know, we're getting closer and closer to opening day so I have some good gems that uh, Kristen's going to throw in there, but let's get to it. Help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview on podcasting this week, our man, Tennessee baseball star, Christian Christian, our man, welcome to the show. How are you doing tonight? Man, I'm doing good. Good. So, man, right off the top, I got to know, you know, have you ever typed your name in a Google search? Uh, no, I haven't, actually. So, That's a good question. So we thoroughly research every athlete. We want to make sure we got everything right. And you're one of the hardest athletes I've ever had to find because there's some trumpeter in jazz music named Christian Scott who just wants to steal all the clout for your name. Like, I can't, I can't find you because he's got it all, man. Like, so... Clearly, people didn't see that catch against Florida last year because I'll take your best uh, hit over his best track. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. But we'll have we'll we'll get it fixed. And you know, Randy knows some people. Yeah. We'll we'll get it taken care of. Sounds good. But uh, with that man talking about, you know, he's a trumpeter. You know, who's your favorite uh, musician or band? And my favorite musician or band, uh, I'm a big. Uh, uh, I would say I'm a big Rod Wave fan. Uh, but if we're talking about, you know, band, uh, I don't really have one, but um, I'm a pretty all-gender type of guy, you know. Um, if, you're going to like, hit, if you're going to hit BP, who, I mean, who's the, the go-to? Oh, definitely 50 Cent. I dig it. Like many men? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 50 uh, Cent. That, I'm telling you. You, you're starting off number one in, in my book. Man, we've had a lot of these cats coming out. Christian, uh, country music's been hot, and Daniel does not do it at all. So you're you're speaking his language. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> all right. Well, with that, man, what's a non-sports movie? What's your favorite movie? 
All time. And uh, definitely Lone Survivor. I mean, that movie right there is by far the best non-sports movie. Just the story behind it. And then, you know, it has a lot to do with sports in a way, you know. Yeah. No, I mean, you're speaking now, you're speaking Randy's language because that's his dude. Because uh, that's Mark Wahlberg, right? Mark Wahlberg. Yep. Yeah, that, that's, that's Randy's dude. So so now, you man, he's two for two right now. Oh, so yeah. I guess this this will be me. We'll see what your baseball. What's your favorite baseball movie? Man, I'm gonna have to go with Benchwarmers. That's that's <laughs> definitely my favorite movie. I mean, it's because Solid. like, well, yeah, that has a whole new meaning after Luke came on here and talked about how he touched home plate and made the noise. Now, now I need to go back and watch it actually since he said that. <laughs> so, right. so with that, growing up, man, who was who was your favorite athlete or favorite team? Would you follow the most? Oh, man, my favorite athlete, uh, I would have to say LeBron James, even though it's not baseball, uh, just how he carries himself and everything. Like, he's not – you can Google a guy and there's nothing bad about him. I mean, he does a lot for uh, his community and everything. And, I mean, that's just someone I always looked up to, like, growing up, and that's who I grew up watching. So, so with that, let me ask you a question because, uh, you know, interesting thing with that is I, I'm, a, I'm a Westbrook fan, and, you know, LeBron, like Westbrook, has hit many different teams. Do you – do you follow the team no matter where he's at? Yes, 100%. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, last one, and then I'll let Daniel start to get into your story, man. Super Bowl is coming up. You know, even if you're not a big football guy, even if you don't care for either team, we just want to know, man, who's Christian Scott got winning the Super Bowl? Man, uh, I have to go. I mean, I'm a Titans fan, but I have to go with the Eagles because Jalen Hurts, man, he we're similar in a lot of areas, and there's more just – going for the Eagles, but he's the main piece. And, of course, I got to already see Ray J. Brown, so I have to roll with the Eagles. You – that that's just ridiculous. Oh, Daniel, hey. that is nothing ridiculous about that. <laughs> Man, that, that's that's sad. I, I mean, I, I thought, you know, being a, a Tennessee guy with all that swag, I mean, like, you, you would go with, with Mahomes, you would go with – Kelsey, you go with those those guys. Like, let yeah. me ask you a question though, Christian, as a, as a guy, right? So does he get to? I got into a, a a social media debate because I was posting like what schools had the most, uh, you know, from like uh, Oklahoma or Nebraska, all those other ones. And right. Alabama fans, they came at me tough, Christian, because they said that they're supposed to get to claim Jalen, so that's got to count for them. And then they would have had the most too. So does he get to claim both? What where he finished, where he started? I mean, which what side? And I think I think it's both, honestly, because he did spend a lot of years in that program and everything. And I mean, that's where his name was made. Let even me pose though, this like, to you. Yeah. You are a college athlete at the highest level, right? He is. Mm-hmm. Jalen was. So Jalen's in there. He gets pulled. That whole season, they had already I look, I went back and kept the receipts, Christian. Alabama fans talking about this dude's trash, which was ridiculous. So they didn't want to claim my cat then. But now my boy in the Super Bowl, you know, in the MVP conversation, that's mm-hmm. just how – that's why I don't let him claim him. Yes, you're right. He spent three years there, did his thing, you know, but then he went to OU, Heisman – that's my only That's my only caveat. If Randy, one of our, the boy, Randy, one of our – Randy, one of our guests is what solidifies it for me. Josh Hatcher still claims State, won a national title with him, even though he did his last year at Kennesaw State. I just want fans to keep that same energy. That's all I'm saying. I mean – you know, when when your boy needs you the most, you just just throw him throw him to the wayside. You just forget about him, man. That's that's kind of messed up. And then <laughs> then when he's on top of the mountain again, 
then you want to be like, oh, that's ours. That's Never ours. left my boy. No, Why y'all talking about Ole Miss fans in a in a nutshell? <laughs> I'm gonna be talking about state fans when Cam James is over there playing for the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. All right, Christian, man. Let's let's jump into your story, man. Obviously, we got to start from the beginning. So take us back a little bit. Uh, tell us a little bit about your hometown, where you're from. Yeah, so I'm from uh, Clarksville, Tennessee. Uh, born and raised there. Um, yeah, uh, been there all my life, pretty much. Uh, haven't really been anywhere else. Um, I have family in Texas as well. I visit them some uh, here and there. So it's pretty big when we played in the Shriners Classic last year. I got to see them. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty it. Clarksville, Tennessee and Houston, Texas. Nice, nice. So, you know, obviously Clarksville, Tennessee guy, um, got some Texas ties, but man, like you got brothers, sisters, mom and dad, who's all in the picture for you? Yeah. So uh, my parents are divorced, but it's crazy because a lot of people see my stepmom at a game and we actually look just like she has the freckles and everything. So it's kind of crazy, but uh yeah, I get questions about that all the time. And um, uh, my dad, he's a, a hardworking guy. Uh, he's told me a lot that I know. And then I have an older sister who is um, has uh, – I have two nephews as well. And uh, that's pretty it in my family tree. And then I have a couple of step-siblings. Shout out to stepmom for being at all the games too. Man, she's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. awesome. So, yeah. I mean – at. You know, I, I don't want to pry too much, but I, I think it, it helps kind of tell the story and kind of, you know, give us a little bit of insight of like, you know, things, you know, and, and struggles and, th- you know, adversities, yep. you know, growing up. But like, at what point does this happen? Is this early, early or is this like, you know, middle school or high school? Like when when does all this change and in, in divorce and, and the family structure yep. start to, to reroute itself? Yeah, man, it, it started at an early age. Uh, I dealt with a lot, a lot of adversity. Um, and it's kind of what made me who I am today, strong. And uh, it was it, it was really tough, um, you know, to keep it short, just like, you know, having to go to different schools and, you know, having to live in an apartment a few times. Um, it, it was tough. Uh, I couldn't understand it at an early age, but when you have to go in a courtroom and talk, to, you know, attorneys and stuff at, you know, eight to 12 years old, it's kind of challenging. And then like around holidays, it was always tough, but that's one thing about my dad. He never made sure I was missing out on anything. He would make sure, you know, he would come home cause he's a self-employed. Uh, he would make sure that, you know, I had a way to practice or I got off the school bus and uh, he was just a great father and everything. So, I mean, it, it was tough. It really was, but I found my passion and uh, football, actually. That was my first true love. Um, I mean, I would kind of just take all that aggression out in football. And I was really, really good. I played quarterback and linebacker. And then I was still playing uh, baseball and basketball. And I kind of just was like, man, I don't know. Like, I I really want to settle down and focus on uh, baseball. So after, you know, those days of, you know, I'm upset or like, where's mom? Where's mom? Now it was, all right, dad, uh, let's go. Let's go hit some baseballs. Let's go throw. And I can remember, uh, I'll say this story for later because I'm sure I'm going to talk about the Florida catch, but I'll save that story for later. But yeah, it was, it was tough, man. It, it really was, but 
honestly, the adversity helps. Well, you know, it, it seems though, you know, and, and I think as a kid, you resort back to the things that give you the joy. So like when all this is going down, obviously you find football, you find baseball, and those are your, your outlets to, to kind of get away from it all. And, you know, obviously dig digging in deep and, and, you know, really immersing yourself in, into the game probably helped get past that, but all, you know, also probably helped you develop as an athlete. Um, you know, you, you mentioned, football and baseball together were there any other sports basketball soccer anything like that or is it strictly just football and baseball yeah i played uh basketball all throughout middle school so that was that was more just like my fun sport to see what i can do <laughs> go ahead and ask sure. daniel can you can you hoop can you hoop really, really really like honestly okay. be reflective and like you know can you hoop all right if i'm being honest I cannot shoot a basketball to save my life. But the reason being, I hit my growth spurt at an early age. And so I was actually a big man in middle school. And so my post moves and everything are electric in my defense. But when it comes to shooting, not a clue. Not at all. I mean, that that's that's brutal honesty. That's what I'm looking for. Because yeah. I, I ain't going to say no names, but they, they have or still do wear orange and they claim that they're good at basketball. And the, we got a we got a name drop. So we're gonna ask him. Yeah, the first the first one. Go ahead and tell him who it was, Daniel. It was cheese, man. Chad Dallas says he's the greatest thing on earth when it comes to basketball. Like he he claimed like you would have thought he was a basketball player, not a baseball player, the way he was talking. But what he should have never done was agree to do an episode with his brother Jack Dallas, who would then come tell us that he rode that middle school bench pine. Nope. And it all came out. To be but fair, you, I've never seen Chad play basketball, even when we go play pickup. But see, that that tells me everything I need to know. <laughs> a guy who claims he's that good, and I love Chad. He's like, if if he if he said he wanted to come on right now, we'd bring him on. But he, yeah. if he's that good, people are gonna know about it. Like I, we would bring you on, you'd be like, oh, let me tell you about him. He is a baller. But you're just like, no, nah, I've never seen him play. But yeah. the best the best basketball interaction actually came between Tennessee guests when Blade Tidwell said he'd dunk all over Seth Halverson's ass. That was great. So, yeah, Blade is actually really good at basketball, but Seth Halverson was on uh, Sports Center for dunking on somebody. So I don't know how that'll work out because he's pretty good at basketball, well, too. We, man, we got to get this game. I, even though, you know, they got careers to protect, we got to find a way to get this one-on-one happening. <laughs> right, oh. right. <laughs> the the in, in off the bench home run derby slash three on three pickup tournament and chris like, is gonna be there to play defense and, and drop post moves we got it oh yeah yeah, oh, yeah. We, we we could do this we could just start the iotb big two we could just <laughs> completely rip off the big three and, and roll with it two on two but christian man um you went to two high schools. Obviously, you spent some time at Northeast and you transferred to, to Rossview. Um, tell us a little bit about Northeast. What what was that like and, and why the transfer? Yeah, uh, Northeast was definitely like it had my heart for sure. Um, it was more just like, you know, my freshman year having to face a guy named Donnie Everett, Everett which was who passed away. Uh, but 
to face guys like that and everything was it, it made my high school career so much easier because you're facing a hundred and everything like that. And I'm up there as a freshman. And the first pitch I see is an outside pitch and it takes the catcher's glove and goes all the way to the backstop. And I'm like, what did I get myself into? But I mean, to face guys like that and have success, it was really cool at an early age. And then sophomore and junior year, it was still success. And I was just like, I mean, something's missing. And we would go to a regional, we would host and then we would lose. I was like, there's something more. And so I was just talking to some old buddies that I played travel ball with and they were like, Hey, like we want you here at Rossview. And I had already thought about going to Rossview and everything. I was just like, man, I can't leave like this family I have here. And so our last year we ended up going to substate in Northeast and it was a great year. Um, it was the furthest we've been and everything. And I just felt like something was missing, but, uh, now that I look back, like a lot of those guys I played travel ball with and everything, and we had a we had a lot of memories. We had a great team, but we were just missing something, and I couldn't figure it out and everything. But, uh, yeah, a lot of success in those three years. Uh, it still has my heart and everything. But, like I said, I just knew something was missing. Um, really didn't deal with any adversity there. Uh, it was kind of just like, you know, grinder days, but – other than that, I mean, it was a lot of conditioning, that's for sure. It's more than I do here at Tennessee. Um, so that kind of prepared me for my future years in college and everything like that. Well, I mean, it, it, it seems like, you know, that that transition to Rossview, you you found what you were looking for. You, you know, as a senior, you're, you're batting 460. You got 65 runs scored. Uh, 39 and six overall record, a state championship title. I mean, I, I guess when you look back on it and you, you look at the, the accomplishments and, and the individual accolades, like that was a great move for you. Yeah, it really was. Uh, it really was. It, you want me to talk more about that, Ross, for you? Yeah, I mean, you, you can go into it. I mean, I'm just, I'm just curious to, to you. You couldn't really pinpoint what it was that, northeast was missing um yeah. other other than to me it sounds like a state championship yeah and that's the thing like i wanted to win and uh it was like i said something was missing and i knew what it was and that was a state championship and i the hardest moment was definitely turning in my jersey at northeast and saying that i was going to a different school but one guy pulled me aside he was like if I'm being honest, you got to do what you got to do. Like, I know you want to win and you want to win now. He's like, you've always been a winner and everything. And I was like, yeah, man, but it sucks. Like, I was in tears. I was crying. I was like, man, this this sucks. Like, I don't want to leave you guys. But then I realized the guys that I came in with, they were leaving also. Because I was always hanging out with the older guys, which were their seniors, and I was a junior at the time. And so that was pretty tough. And uh Soon after I said I was transferring to uh, Rossview, uh, our head coach had left and went to a private school. So I was like, okay, it feels a lot easier. And then I just get a, I get a call saying that one of the uh, assistant coaches had passed away. He had a brain aneurysm, and so I was just like, man, like, like what? Like, man, I was, I was, I was. That was the first time I ever had to talk at a funeral and everything. It was sad, but. I could just hear him telling me, like, you're doing the right thing. Go win. Go win. And so I go to Rossview, and 
like it's the thing about Rochester, man. That's where my dad grew up. That's where my granny grew up. Like it was home. Like that felt like home. I mean, I walked in on the first day and it felt like I was in a movie. I was like, man, this is awesome. Like I'm excited to be here. Like let's do this. And so I look up. I got guys that I played with when I was seven, eight, 10, 11, 12, all in the lineup and everything. I'm like, dude, this could be something special. And so um, I just love their meaning of the team, which their, their, uh, their slogan was together. And what really made me come there was after we faced them uh, my junior year, I heard one of the coaches say, like, I love you, like, together. Like, we're together. And I was like, man, like, I want to be a part of that. Like, I want to be a part of something special. And so I get to Rossview and everything. And, it, it, it like I said, it was amazing. Um, we get into practices and everything. Uh, the coaches are awesome. And out of nowhere, this tornado hits our field. And I'm just like, oh, like, that's not going to be good because it's right before season. And I'm like, we're not going to have any home games. And so the principal goes and looks through our lockers and everything, makes sure none's damaged, which everything was damaged except this one thing. And that's been a key piece of my life. And it was my Bible left standing right in my locker. And she was like, uh, I know you want this. This was the only thing left. And I was like, and I just teared up. And I was like, that moment I knew, I was like, it's going to be something special because that virtue that's hitting us now, it's going to feed us later on down this road. I promise you. And I had a talk with all the teammates. I was like, we just need to work hard. And I promise we will get to the state championship and we will win. And so that happened. And, man, we started off hot. You know, my first day, I hit a home run. It was all this welcome to Ross for you. And then we started getting in the season time, like midway through the season. And we faced some more adversity, uh, a bunch of trash talk from other teams, um my house got checked my old house that I was living in at northeast we getting checked like 16 times a day um they were trying to make sure that I couldn't play whatever and so which I didn't live at the house at the time I was living in an apartment over in the Rushview school zone and so it was just like a bunch of like annoying stuff I would get called up to the office every other day uh and everything so I finally got cleared um we lost a few games, just we shouldn't have lost. And I was like, hey, what's every – like, we had a team meeting. And I was like, hey, what are we down about? Like, there's nothing to be down. And so we get to the uh, the district championship. Uh, we win. And then we go to regionals and all that. And I look up, and we're in the state championship. I had no idea who any of these teams were. Um, I knew a couple players, but I was like, dude, we're outsized whatever but I was like hey remember that verse we faced early in the year yeah it's it's I mean we're about to win this thing and so we just we just roll through I mean we're beating guys 11 to 1 just smoking them and then we get to this one game we needed to win and we had our graduation that day and guys are stressing like we're not gonna make it to graduation whatever I was like hey it's adversity right same thing we've been facing like, let's do this. And so we're losing. Uh, I want to say, I, I forget the score, but we were losing by like two runs and we had bases loaded. And a guy, one of our guys, like you may know him, Gage Bradley, he went to Vanderbilt. Um, he transferred. He kept swinging at high pitches. 
And sure enough, I was like, oh, man, please don't swing at the hot pitch. And so bases loaded. I think it's like bottom of the seventh or something like that. But here comes a hot pitch. We're all like, no, don't swing. And he hits it, and he goes over the fence into the parking lot, and we win to go to the uh, state championship. And uh, we faced a team that we have already faced and lost to, got drilled by. And so we're kind of like, what do we need to do? What do we need to do? And it's just like, play ball. That's all we have to do, play ball. And so we ended up run-rolling run them in the uh, – Run-rolling Brentwood and the state championship, and it was just awesome. All the fans, all the love, and everything—it was truly amazing. Uh, and so, yeah, that's how it went. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, it, it's a story that seems like there's so many aspects of it where it was like just this divine intervention of like signs where like yeah. it's, it's almost meant to be. Um, oh, hundred percent. You know, obviously you, you start, you know, your, your, your journey at Rossview, but I'm sure at this point college is, is on your radar. So, you know, between travel ball and high school ball, uh, when did you start seriously getting, you know, getting recruited by colleges? Yeah. So my junior year, uh, I mean, I always got like small schools like Austin P, which is a great school. It's a hometown school, uh, Memphis, um yeah uh Memphis. what you laughing about <laughs> he knew that he knew that would bother you uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna end, end this now and it's been yeah, real. Uh, yeah schools like memphis um coastal carolina um i was hearing stuff from louisville uh vanderbilt and tennessee were my big ones and so i was really in deep conversation with vanderbilt uh Still think Corbin's a great guy when I was talking to him uh, and everything. And a lot of their guys were talking to me and stuff. And I was just like, yeah, but like I said, I just feel like something's missing. I don't know. And so um, I played travel ball and everything for uh, Clarksville Orioles. Um, I played for the Royals Met Scout team, all that. But, I mean, I really didn't – I took it serious, but I was just having fun. I mean – uh, and then I get a call saying like, Hey, we want you on this team, Tennessee team. And I was like, okay. And it's a, uh, it's like a Sunbelt classic. It's in Oklahoma and you stay with host, host families and everything. And so at this time, this is when Tony, uh, Vitello, he was, there was talk about him being the Tennessee coach and everything. And I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. But I've never seen him in person. Um, and at this time I kind of, we, me and Vanderbilt kind of stopped talking. Um, and then he texted – or Coach Corbin texted me before I head out to Oklahoma. He was like, hey, when you win, come talk to me, whatever. I was like, all right, cool. Like, it was awesome. Everybody on the team was committed. Um, and so I get there, and we stop at Central Arkansas. We had to practice there. And I was like, man – like, this is awesome. Like, this is pretty cool. You know, you're playing with guys like Ryan Weathers and all those guys. Like, I was like, dang, I'm actually here. Like, this is awesome. And so I get there, and there's one guy in the stands waiting for us to practice. And I'm at, like, I'm like, well, like, all these guys were just at Memphis when we were playing, and there's only one guy here. And come to find out, it was Coach B, Tony. And I didn't know who he was at the time. And so he's watching our practice and everything. And we get to – the tournament in Oklahoma and I'm like I'm playing really good like 
probably the best I've ever played at the time. And it was just awesome. Batting leadoff, playing center field and everything, playing with a bunch of great guys. And then our pitching coach was actually there, uh, Frank Anderson and Coach V. And they watched me hit a left-on-left home run and everything. And they started getting in contact with me. And I was like, you know what, Coach? Like, I, I would love to take a visit. You know, like, you were the only coach there in our practice. Like, that goes a long way. You know what I'm saying? And that goes a long way with how well our program is doing, too, because they put in hours you, to you make what, sure. You know what's crazy, though, is, like, this is the first time, and it kind of makes sense, is, like, Tony V didn't care about the game. He no. Wanted, he wanted to know what you did at practice. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. is, is, is probably the difference maker. I mean, honestly, yeah, yeah at, at that level, all you guys can play and show up in the game. Yeah. What do you do when the time that he has or he's going to have matters most to him? Yeah. And nobody but, knew. Like, people just thought he was, like, a fan or something. Like, nobody knew that was actually Tony Botello. Because you see this guy with the hair and everything looking all fancy, like, who is this dude? But then come to find out it was him because the next day he accepted a job, you know, at Tennessee. And so it was just, I mean, it was pretty cool. And so after that tournament is over, I get all the accomplishments and everything, the awards, and it was it was nice. Uh, I enjoyed it. Me and my family had a good time. Uh, and I go home. I remember, like, I'm talking to Corbin, I'm talking to V and everything, and I'm playing Fortnite. And I'm like, who's this calling me? And it was Coach V calling me. He's like, hey, like, we want to offer you, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, let's go. Like, that's sweet. And so I run downstairs, talking to my daddy. He's like, hey, I'm leaving it in your hands. It's what you want to do. It's your future. You know, you, you pray about it, and, you know, you can get back with him. And so I go up there, and I'm like, I prayed about this already. Hey, Coach V. Let's do this. I'm ready to rock. Like you left it's him not- on hold this whole time when you went downstairs and everything? Yes. Like, I'm going to be right back. You said, yeah. excuse oh, me, yeah. you're not my coach yet, so I'm going to yeah. need you to hold hold on. Oh, yeah. I just, I just know this, guys. Like, I didn't think there was anything that could make me like Tony V more, and Christian just hit me with a story that found a way to make me like him even more. The new story is this. Christian Scott is the first player that he ever recruited at Tennessee. It had to be. Yeah. I mean, it was before he even took the job. Officially. Yeah, and – yeah, it, it, I went from being one of the first to the last because of how long it took me. Like, I, I really love Tennessee. I like Vanderbilt, but Vanderbilt is like 30 minutes away from my house. And I was like, man, school and everything. I was like, I just. Let me let me ask you this, Christian. And this is this is a serious question. because Somebody told us this. Is, is Tim Corbin a real guy or is he just like a, a robot? Talking to him, he's a real guy. He's a he's he's a real dude. I don't know how it is after your visit or whatever, but talking to him, I learned a lot. But mm-hmm. with, mm-hmm. With, mm-hmm. With, <laughs> definitely a robot on the field. But when you get guys like Vitello and all those guys, is I mean they shoot it to you real, and they're the same person when they meet you, and the same person after. It's no. I can't speak for other programs, but I think we have the best coaches in the in the world, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I mean, Me I, I I was going to ask, man, like, why Tennessee? But, like, I don't even have to ask. Like, it all makes sense. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like there was no visit needed. Like, 
him coming to your practice and showing up and just being, you know, that guy and then offering mm-hmm. you on the phone and, and really going, you know what? Yeah, sure. Christian, go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll hold, <laughs> go, go do your thing, man. It's, it's, yeah. it's crazy, crazy. Um, but I, I will ask, did, was there anything outside of that where you were like, this is definitely not what everyone else does? It, just a culture, like, I mean, just like him saying, like, hey, like, you're going to be the start of something great. Like, we're building a co- culture here. Like, and it's called, like, the decade of the balls. Like, I mean, I, and I'm seeing it from freshman year to to my last year now. It's just, like, things are starting to come together, and it's and it's crazy. And I'm getting that same feeling I did in high school. So. No, absolutely. So, but you, yeah. you get you get to Knoxville. Obviously, you, you know you're kind of in between two two great programs. But let's be real: yeah. at the time, Tennessee's not really a great baseball program. So, it's kind of a yeah. leap of faith for you too. Um, as you're going in, you get on to Knoxville. T- just walk us through what that experience is like coming on to Knoxville for the first time, and then just obviously you talked about Vitello and Anderson and Elander and all the guys that kind of helped build it. But just what did you learn the most? as your experience there when you first get on campus? Yeah. So like, as I first get on campus, like just like this is a support staff. We have like our advisor, Megan Anderson, uh, our trainer, Jeff Wood, our strength coach was the big key. I was like, man, like this dude is vicious, bro. Like I'm talking about big jacked up dude. Like I'm like, I'm scared of this guy. And so (laughs) we get there and everything and we have to, you know, this is at the time where there's grass still on the field. Like we didn't have turf yet and it was all sand and everything. And I'm like, Oh man, this ain't gonna be good. I'm not going to lie. I contemplated baseball for a few. I was like, is this really what I want to do? <laughs> but after that, man, it, just those grinder days, it was, it was awesome. And then, I mean, the chicks are pretty good there too, here too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I but, do know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> He might so, he might be the first of a hundred and like eighty guests that actually came out and just said that. Just and that be that's real with it, dude. I'm I'm telling you, man. It's I mean, that's how I got a cheerleader out of it. You know, I'm saying it's like just nice, like, but uh, just like yeah, and also like the guys that were there, like they knew the guys coming in were here to change this program, and so is free range. I mean, he told me, he's like, Hey, you could start for us right now. Like, I'm sure like a lot of guys get that, but like, I actually felt that, you know what I'm saying? Cause they were like, kind of, you know, down in the dumps for a few years. And so it, it, it was just, I mean, it, it, it's just cool to think about it. And then uh, my high school teammate, Elijah Pleasant at the time, he was coming here too. I was just like, dude, let's do this. Like, I mean, why not? But just, it, it was tough getting used to all the, workouts and everything but i mean the body transformation is pretty awesome to see now so that's how you get that's how you get that cheerleader cuss oh yeah and elijah's been elijah's been on here that's what's up oh yeah yeah no doubt so freshman year let's jump right into it you play in 21 games uh most noticeably noticeably you go two for two with a double against arkansas um so Talk about that freshman year. You talked about the workouts and the culture change and everything's kind of moving probably at, you know, at a light speed. What did you take the most out of your freshman year? And did it really set in 
you know, you said you contemplated baseball. So at some point that kind of calmed down. Did it really set in? Could you guys feel, even though the wins weren't stacking, could you feel that you were working towards what you ended up becoming? Yeah, I I really felt like in the inner squads and everything, just like seeing a difference in the way I play and just like critiquing like things I do. Like I'm getting used to the things like the video room, uh, my body getting stronger, uh, hitting all the time, like throwing all the time. It was just like different. But then I look at it like I still do it. I'm like, how did I do that stuff back then? Like. I'm just a freshman, right? And that's what everybody thinks. Like, that's where you get yourself, like, in a dump where you're like, I'm just a freshman. Like, I just want to, you know, see how well I do, whatever. But no, it's like, I'm here for a reason. I'm here to change this, so let's do it. Yeah, I'm a freshman, but I'm going to give you the best that I got. And let's see if you can return a favor because I promise my best is your best, is better than your best. And so I took that mindset. And so, I mean, it's, it's like I'm training for a fight, you know? It's like a UFC fight. Like right now, like we have two and a half weeks to train for a fight for the rest of the season. So that's how I kind of took that approach freshman year. And I mean, I wasn't really afraid of anybody. And a lot of the older guys are like, how do you do it? Like, you know what I'm saying? I was like, hey, I'm, I just don't fear anything. Like I'm, I'm here. So why not? do the best that I can. Well, I mean, you got that real life experience that we talked about coming into this, right? That's, that's, that's heavy shit, right? That's not yeah. baseball. That's that heavy stuff. So, but going into the 2020 season, um, obviously COVID hit, which is unfortunate because we've talked to a lot of your teammates that year. And that was kind of the year that you guys thought that, you know, you could really make a lot of noise and make a run at it. You start off, you know, blazing hot, how did that kind of feel? And what was the feeling like? I, a lot of guys say it was surreal when, it, you know, everything was shut down. But how did you cope with that, Christian? Man, I probably sat in my room for about a week. Just like, dude, honestly, in tears, like, I, I was heartbroken. Because if you take that team, um, you could probably make three or four different lineups with that team. And we had everything we needed to make a deep run and win it all. But just, like, that team was so close for a short period of time. And so it really hurt when – I mean, you know a team's close when after, after you know, you get a call saying, like, our season's canceled or whatever, and you all go to the field and you're just crying, like, together. Like, yeah. we could have easily just went back to our rooms or something and just whatever. But, no, we go back to the field and we soak in all the memories we did have. And – I mean, we were happy for the guys that got drafted, but then we sl we flipped the page and we're like, hey, who's coming back? Let's do this thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, of course, you're not going to get Garrett Crochet back, and Zach Daniels and Alex Solari, but hey, like, who's the next man up? Let's do this. And so. Yeah, because Connor Pavlone is as straight a shooter as I felt like we've ever had. And he, he said we had him on after y'all even went to Omaha in 2021, which Randy's going to get to. But he said he felt like that 2020 team could have been better than that. And so that said a lot. Yeah, it was it was crazy, man. It was crazy. It, it is crazy to think about, though, that that team was – that most people don't know that, right? You only got to play, what, 15 or 17 games, and then it just yeah. gets canceled, which, you know, I'm sure a lot of teams – but you're right. The consistent message from all the guys that were on your team is the same thing, how close you guys got, how talented you were, and that same story about going to the field and being, you know, in, in literal tears just about what yeah. could have been or what's not going to happen now feeling like kind of slipped away but listen 2021 it gets a little bit better you're back on the diamond you play in 31 games make nine starts 286 you set a career high and at bats with 42 uh 14 runs 12 hits four doubles five rbis 10 walks 
two stolen bases. So first question for you, you know, now you're, you're playing a lot more. You're coming off that COVID season. Do you feel like you're meeting your own personal expectations in your third year now, or really, I guess your second year, but really your third year? Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, it was, it was tough. Like it was some a place I, like, of course, nobody's been in before coming off of COVID. So like the training was kind of, you know, different. Um, just getting back in the routine of things. It, it, was, it was a little bit tough. It was a tough year, but I mean, we did the best we can. And that's the year we went to Omaha. So. Oh please. yeah. I'm, we're going to get into that too. As a, as a team, obviously you just said it, right. You make it to Omaha. Yeah. Uh, a lot of fireworks along the way, and we got to start it off because Jim is an LSU fan, so we got to talk about the fact that you guys just beat up on LSU all season. No mercy to those guys. But I want to first talk about the uh, the sweep against LSU, and then I want to talk about the Drew Gilbert walk-off home run in game two, which you were the tie and run, and you helped make that happen. What was going through your mind as he was walking up to the plate? Yeah, uh, man, it, it was kind of crazy because I was on base on on a lot of the walk-offs, like the one against Arkansas for Max Ferguson. I was on second base about twisting my ankle, you know, running the base because I was so excited. But that walk-off was absolutely insane. Like, I lost the ball, and I just started sprinting. Like, it was unbelievable. Like, any best moment you have, times 10. Like, it was absolutely incredible. And, I mean, I really think that hurt Wright State the rest of the tournament. They didn't recover. I mean, shoot, I don't think anybody could. Yeah, would you? No, not at all. And the worst part is is Gilbert walks off so many times, he got got the wrong one that you asked about. You asked about the LSU walk-off, Homer. Oh, LSU? Oh, yeah. I can don't get me started with LSU, man. That means you've been on base for two Gilbert walk-offs. That's a nice feeling where you get to just watch that thing clear the fence, right? Yeah, yeah. It was man. But uh the LSU one was was pretty cool. Um yeah, we knew. I mean, like Randy, I said, do you know who, like, do you happen to know who the, the LSU one was off of? I, I didn't remember it real time, and then when I saw it, it kind of hurt my heart. Oh, he's been on here. Fontenot. Fontenot. So, yeah. Yeah, it was him. That was yeah. my guy, and y'all beat up on him, before, man. Both, before, times, hey. before we get into the LSU thing again, because I'm about to throw some real shots at that, but you guys obviously you face Arkansas in the SEC Championship. You go on to lose, but you're hosting a regional in Lindsey Nelson. So what I first want to ask you, Christian, is now you've talked about the culture change, you guys building, and what Tony and the guys and, and you, I always say this to the players, Tony's going to get all the credit. Frank Anderson probably doesn't get enough. Elander probably doesn't get enough. But the players themselves, do you guys ever have a chance to take in what you guys have built along the way? Oh, yeah. I mean, before, like, during that right state game, Coach V told us, he was like, hey, turn around and soak us all in. He's like, I didn't do it. You guys did it. So it's funny you asked that question because, I mean, after Drew hit that walk-off, we're, you know, just looking at everything and like, wow. And he always told us, like, this place will be filled with Tennessee fans if you bring your regional and super regional to this field. And sure enough, we look up, it's like we blinked and everybody was just there. It was crazy because you go from like not even 500 people in the stands to just packed, like fans on top of you. They're supporting us. And man, it was, it, it was crazy. And so, got watch parties outside. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was so loud. Like, I've been in Arkansas, and it's by far probably one of the loudest stadiums. But I guarantee you, 
after this year, Tennessee will be number one because, man, those fans. And we just added a porch, another deck or another level of the porch. It's going to be crazy. But that that regional, super regional, were, it was awesome to play. No doubt. You talk, You kind of already talked about the right State walk-off. Obviously, you know, that that whole regional, the, just a huge moment in Tennessee baseball for you guys. You advance on to the Super Regional. You're hosting LSU. Now, during the season, Paul Maneri made some comments about those very fans you're talking about, how they were nasty and rude and all this other. So when they walked into that stadium, I can only imagine just the vitriol that was coming from these fans. So you guys beat them down again. I mean, you're sweeping them again. Christian, what y'all got against LSU? I mean, a team that stays quiet has the best chance of beating us. And so when you talk, it gets our fans riled up, and you're probably going to lose, just to be honest, because the only team that beats us is a team that just stays quiet and does their thing. And so, I mean, nothing against LSU. Like, they have a great team, but at the time, I felt like it was just a bunch of name guys there that were just, you know, playing off their name or whatever. We're in areas we we don't care who you are. Like, we don't care. Like, you're going to get the best we got. And so, well, Randy, there's one guy that Luke came on here and said they gave the nod to, and he doesn't talk. He just performs. And that's, that's Dylan Cruz. There is, there is that guy. Yeah. No, that, I, I actually met Dylan Cruz. He's a, that, that guy, he's a great guy. He really is. So he is. you not only, you got to respect that guy, right? I mean, he's, he's, oh, he's 100%. So not only did you guys beat LSU down again, you send Paul Maneri out in tears on national TV. Fans are going crazy. But now walk me through that moment. You know, you talked about, you know, V saying turn around, soak this in. Now you're advancing to the College World Series. Is there another moment where you stop and just look, soak it in again to think now we're going to Omaha? This is the dream. And, yeah, that was – it still it, – it didn't feel real at all. Just like – dogpiling and everything like all, all I could think about was high school but I was like dang this is times 10 man like we're going to Omaha like we talked about this and so that was, that was pretty cool and then they do a victory lap with all the fans I got a bunch of Tito's and all, all whatever it was mixed in all drenched over my face I was man but it was awesome. eyes are burning <laughs> yeah I'm a, yeah I was like what the heck man but then I was like let's go we're going to Omaha <laughs> yeah let's but, do it yeah so obviously just that that experience was awesome, but we're gonna jumping into 2022 for a second. You're you're bouncing back from the defeat in Omaha and all that that was. So I'm sure you guys got a chance to soak that in. But now you guys are not the surprise. You're not the the hunter, you're the hunted at this point. Uh, but we know about the talent at Tennessee. We kind of know what you guys are bringing in, uh, the deepest pool of outfielders in college baseball with what you had going on. And I just want to ask you how hard from a personal standpoint, was it for you? Because we talked to Trey Lipscomb about, about this very thing. It's just waiting your turn and being ready when the moment strikes. Yeah, uh, I think it's just, I mean, it's one of those things like you practice how you play. So I practice, you know, hard as I possibly can and know that when my time comes, it's, you know, time to go and everything. So, I mean, I pray about it. And I just, you know, work hard like during practice and I'm a firm believer how you practice is how you're going to play. Let me ask you a little, a deeper question than that, Christian. Do you feel like everything you talked about with your family and your struggle coming up and the tornadoes in high school, you think all that prepped you for what sports is and it gave you a more of a perspective for how to handle things? Without a doubt, 
Cause you know, yeah, everybody's been through some stuff, right? But you just told a story that's 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 heavy, bro. Like I don't know that everybody's been through that, and you just yeah. seemed like just one thing after another. But you handled it with class and dignity, mm-hmm. and I guarantee you that when V saw you, it was more than about how good you practiced in any individual awards. That's the type of dude because we've talked to him on here, talked to your teammates. It's a character talent you got to have it in the SEC, right? Yeah. But character is what stands out to me about all the guys that come on here, which is why sometimes I get a little bit in my feels when people talk about Tennessee's arrogant and they're this and they're that because yeah. they're not paying attention. I mean, you should see me, Chris. I, I, mean, I go to war, and I'm not even a Tennessee fan. People will talk about you guys, and it's like, man, we interview these guys. You should really actually listen and get to know who they are. Man, I hear that a lot, and it's and, I, and it's it's almost like you play hard, you get talked about in a bad way. Um, we, we play with passion, you know what I'm saying? And so it's like – I mean, would you have somebody who rather plays with passion or timid? Y'all make college baseball fun, period. Yeah. I want I want dogs. I want dogs. That's what I want, Christian. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I want to talk about some emotion for a second. You guys played in the Shriners Classic in Minute Maid Park. You hit a bomb against Baylor. Talk about what that feeling was like hitting a bomb in a major league stadium like that. Man, uh it, it's crazy. So fun fact, I'm actually colorblind. Uh, I'm partial colorblind. And so you know Tennessee's orange, right? Yeah, of course. You know, you got to bleed orange. Let's go. <laughs> That's, let's and go. Of course, I, I see that. But uh, it was kind of funny because as that ball was coming in, it looked silver. And I was like, what the heck? And I just swing. And, like, I put my best swing on it. And it, I just see it flying. I'm like, holy cow. I mean, I play this on MLB The Show, right? Like, <laughs> But I really just hit a home run at Minute Maid. And it was cool. Uh, to do it in front of all my family and stuff. So, it, I mean, it was awesome. And in front of me, I was there. It was awesome. Where are you? Yes. Uh, oh, I think I did see you. You were on the LSU side, right? Yeah. No, uh, during the ten- – <laughs> no, no, no. No, sir. No, sir. I, yeah. I switched to my he Tennessee – He was eating a hot dog sandwich, though. I switched yeah. to my Tennessee in off the bench podcast shirt for the Tennessee games. Big fan. There you go. There you go. <laughs> he did. He did. So, I want to talk about the next thing. I'm going to ask you in a second which one was better. So there's no sugarcoating on this show. We have two rules. I'm really glad you didn't go to Vanderbilt because we have every other athlete from every other baseball team in the SEC other than Vanderbilt and Florida. Florida, no go. We don't got Florida athletes on this show, Christian. So you make one of the all-time great catches against Florida, and you're pumped. I mean, your gloves over the wall, absolute, I mean, crazy. I get goosebumps just thinking about it. What felt better, that catch or hitting that bomb? The catch. It had a lot to go into it than the bomb. I mean, the bomb is kind of let's go. The bomb is kind of self-centered, but the catch had deeper meaning because without that catch, then my guy Trey Lipscomb doesn't become the home run leader. And without that catch, Redmond Walsh doesn't break career saves or something like that. I forgot the accolades. Oh man, that's deeper. Yeah. So it's deeper than just the catch, which was amazing, but you know, to help those guys' future and everything was even more special. Well, here's the 3-2 pitch. Ball is hit to left field. And back, and back, and at the wall, Christian Scott brings it back. A fitting end to the Tennessee comeback. Was that the Florida announcer? As the volunteers have swept yeah. the Gators. Yeah, that was bad. And then, and then- I, I, like, I like hearing this, the... the emotion just the life be sucked right out of but i also think daniel he may have because i was watching that game in real time and it was hard to tell that christian actually caught it 
Like, oh no, my, the tell. Tennessee announcer said it as soon as he did it. What's his I name? Couldn't, uh, I couldn't tell. Uh, uh, John. John. Ful- uh, not Fulkerson. Damn, he was there for uh, like twenty-seven years. Because Christian, the way your glove was bent completely over the fence, you can't yeah. see the ball actually go into the glove. So until you expose it, I didn't know that you had it. <laughs> my boy, my boy, my boy, John, the radio guy for Tennessee, because I was listening, I was watching it, Wilkerson, but I'm listening to it. Wilkerson. Wilkerson. Yeah. Dude, he knew it off top. He was that guy is one of the best. I'm biased because I'm a Tennessee fan. That guy's awesome at baseball play yeah, by he play. Is. Yeah. He, I mean, you you really feel like I was I was watching it, but I felt like I was there. How good did it feel yeah. to be in their crib too? Man, it, it was awesome. Their new crib. It was it was kind of sick. And we were actually looking at the wall. We were like, man, that's kind of weird. Like, cause ours and Bright is small. And everything we always practice Robin Homers and all that, but for it to be in left, and I was like, This is a new ballpark, it's kind of sick. I was like, I might have to rob one over this thing right here. Like, you know, we so we do like Thursday night BP or practice where B hits the fungos and left, center, and right, and we rob home runs and stuff. So we actually practice that stuff, but um, no, that was pretty sick, especially to end the game. Absolutely, man. So, yeah, so you guys, you dominate all the way through the SEC for the most part. Talk to me. What was your favorite series of the SEC season? And why was it Vanderbilt? <laughs> no, I'm just yeah, uh, I would have to say uh, Vanderbilt for me. And, and, it, and that, that was because, like, I made another great catch uh, and left. That was pretty cool. And uh, beating Corbin is always fun. Um, and then, uh, I mean, I was, I was locked in hitting wise, but it was almost, it felt like my flu game almost cause I was sick before. And so I had to miss a midweek game and I, I mean, I was down bad. I couldn't hold food in my stomach, but, uh, and so I was like, praying. I was like, please let me travel. Like I knew I was going to travel. I was like, please, I want to play like whatever. So I had a good BP and everything. And so I get, I'm in the game and I'm like, oh, let's go. Like, I'm taking it to him. Like, come on. And so, yeah, I, I remember I, I either get hit by a pitch or get a single, whatever. And I still second. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> and then the, I'm uh, back, Luke baby. Lipschitz, yeah, Luke Lipschitz hits me in and we just go crazy because, like, without that still, then I'm only going first, third. And so that was like a big key in that game. And then, uh, Hitting off Christian Little was pretty fun. Uh, uh, just, you know, facing competition again is always fun. Uh, I get to do Rand- that again. Yeah, Randy, it's interesting oh, yeah. that he said he made a, you know, a great catch because, you know, a- according to the the Vandy outfitters, the lights were such a problem. Yeah, they couldn't yeah, see Yeah, I the know, ball. right? Yeah, and then y'all obviously you got a little bit of extra because there's the whole the, the check in the bat stickers and all that. And we've talked to a few of your teammates about that. But for you, like, are y'all – is everybody aware of what's going on? Are y'all like, what What are they doing? Man, like, I, I it was it was confusing because you could tell, like, we were so hot, you could tell something was going to happen with that, facing that ball club. And so, and Coach V kind of prepared, he was like, whatever they throw at us, let's just roll with it. And so, it's kind of crazy. After the fact, he hits a home run, they want to check the bat. But, like I said earlier, don't start nothing with us because I promise you it's going to be a lot worse for you. I and agree. so, I mean, can't be mad at us. That's where our passion comes from. That's why people hate us because you start something and then we take that and run with it. And then we'll act like we're taking the bat or doing something. And now we're the bad guys. Just don't start anything. 
Don't so, start none, won't well, be none. Well, Randy, before Great. we move on, I'm going to tell him my favorite series was, was Ole Miss because uh, I was there, and I, I love, you know, watching the fans lead by the fourth inning because y'all have done – ran them out of there it, uh, that was beautiful y'all just y'all just teed off and and they you know they were talking so much smack coming into that series and so for me obviously I wasn't at Vandy so I can't compare it but I was I was at Oxford and Starfield and, and so to watch y'all just come in there and melee them as the number one team was fun well since we're yeah, doing was- this my favorite series was Mississippi State and when Lounge goes back and, and listens to this and Chad and whoever on Twitter listens when y'all went up there and dropped a 27 piece extra crispy with dry biscuits and no tea <laughs> that was my favorite that's well, right Mississippi yeah. State wasn't chirping at them though Ole Miss was oh, oh man you know, no Mississippi State was bad the fans see? were bad that's what I had been told as well they were chirping man, maybe left field lounge wasn't but there was a couple that were Oh, and right field. I was in center and right field, man. I was hearing some crazy stuff. That that's actually an interesting <laughs> dynamic, Randy. He just told you the truth. Left field and right field, you because you just said it, Randy. Left field and right field are completely different. Yeah, but also I will say this: they are great fans after competition. I mean, they hand us just pans of food, food I had never even heard of. We're getting turkey legs and all this. Like, man, I I, I do appreciate that though, because. I mean, we were starving after giving them a butt whooping. But. I was going to say, y'all were out there for about seven hours just hitting around a little BP sesh. Yeah, they, they took care of us after the game, though. It was pretty cool. Yeah, some good people down there. But listen, I want to get into the last thing. Uh, you know, you guys go into the SEC tournament after falling short before. Uh, this time you win it against Florida. I think you really love playing against Florida. Um, now you're the number one team in the nation uh, going into the regionals. Is there any talk about the whole, you know, no number one seed has ever won the College World Series? Or is, there, is that not even talked about as a baseball superstition? Uh, it, it was talked about because my roommate was Trey at the time. And so he was on ESPN and doing all his stuff. And uh, we were watching and everything. We just kept hearing it pop up on TV. And so we just like said, screw this, shut it off. And I mean, I'm sure. It may have creeped up, but we really didn't pay attention to the number one seed. We were just playing ball. But, I mean, it was tough hearing it over and over again. Um, yeah, it was it was, it was, was weird. Look, I mean, do you, believe, we it, do you believe in it now? That's what I need to know. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I, I believe in it 100%. So, no if you look at statistics, if you look at statistics, though, like the Arkansas, like what happened to them that year, and then the next year, they went to Omaha. Um, same for Vanderbilt. Just like you, you can't let it get to you. You gotta, you gotta flip the page. That's why when me and Randy were doing our rankings, uh, our projections, uh, he put he put LSU at one. I put Tennessee at one. I said don't. I said don't put that on me. Yeah, I had y'all at two, but it was no disrespect. It was all out of love. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. You you'll be surprised. You'll be I surprised. think. So I, I got you know the the draw, man. Let's talk about the draw. After you win the SEC, uh, teams are coming in, and and if you don't really follow college baseball, you might not know some of these teams. Like Campbell comes in, but those guys can rake, and it was Georgia Georgia Tech, right? Yeah, those guys can rake. They got pro players on their roster. You guys do. It's a battle, but you fight through. You get through the regional. But just talk about how tough those teams are for people that that don't know. Man, I, uh, <laughs> we felt like you know nobody wants to see Tennessee win. But that was that was tough. Like Campbell, man, I guarantee you, you take them and put them in the SEC, and you, they wouldn't skip a beat. They were a good ball club, and 
you got guys like Georgia Tech who, you know, has had success. Like, they're, like, not easy either. Right. And then I think it was Alabama State. They were – I mean, they were good too. I mean, we gave them butt whooping, but they were good too. So, it's, like, no easy games. Of course, like, you don't expect easy games there. No. But – But, dang, yeah. they don't do you no favors. No, not at all. The only favor they do is just – Giving us home field advantage, home field advantage. We're yeah. Well, we're gonna talk about that in a second because when the, when the brackets came out, I, we were on the show, and when that all came out, how they were working out in the regionals, I said the only thing that I don't want to happen is I don't want Notre Dame to face Tennessee, and the reason I say that is because that team, like you, you mentioned it already, the team that can beat you is the team that really doesn't do a lot of talking. They're just grown ass men. Them dudes are like older than Luke Lipschitz, and he's forty. I mean, they're just a bunch of dudes, right? So they come in, and we all know how that series went. I mean, they win the first game. You know, you come back, do put the whooping on them in the second game, game three. But, like, if you were to tell you guys before the season, you got one game against anybody in the country to go to Omaha, you would have taken that 100 times out of 100, right? Yeah, 100%. It doesn't yeah. go our way, Christian. It doesn't go our way. And we could talk about why it didn't. You know, Luke kind of talked about he felt like it got a little bit out of hand, but all that yeah. aside, how 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 good was Notre Dame, man? Man, they were it, – it was weird. Like, we knew they were good, but it's like, all right, like, let's do this. Didn't really know they were an old ball club like that. Like, we look at the school board, it's like senior, fifth-year senior. I'm just like, golly, man, the only freshman is a pitcher that came in against us, a lefty. Like – these guys are old, and so, I mean, it, it was tough. Like, it still is tough, but hope to face them again sometime. I mean, when we had the Mississippi State guys on after they won the national championship in 2021, yeah. you remember they went to three games with Notre Dame. They said Notre Dame was harder than any team they played in Omaha. Yeah. So, And those are the same dudes to Randy's point. Like, they lost the the one dude uh, – the guy they called the Greek God or whatever, but he was, like, the only yeah. guy. Like, the whole team He's still came trying back. to find his home run ball. Yeah, man. <laughs> Landon oh, Sims' first home run he gives up is like yeah. five hundred. And it was yeah, and it it was so weird too. Like just like I don't know, it didn't feel 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 real. Like not when we lost, but just like playing them, it was just like so weird. Because uh, we have old guys on our team, but like that whole lineup and everything was older. And so I'm just like, man, like why does this feel so weird? And then when we lost, it was just like, ah, oh, here we go. Do you so, know the weirdest feeling? Go ahead, Randy. I think you might be fixing to say what I was going to say. No, I, I don't think I am. But we're, one last thing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn you over here. So the after, you know, you've had a couple of these seasons where Tony's kind of giving you the soak it all in speech. What does Tony say after that when it's, when the you know, the season's over and there are some guys you're not going to play with anymore? There's really nothing to say, but just tears coming down. honestly, uh, it's honestly, if I'm, being honest, it's a moment we never felt before. Uh, being the number one team, uh, it was it didn't feel real. Um, honestly, Coach V was messed up for a little while after that. Uh, um, he really didn't say much. Just kind of saying I'm thankful for you guys. It wasn't like we were getting yelled at for losing. I mean, somebody's got to win, somebody's got to lose. But it was it, it was a tough moment in that in right field after that game can i ask you and, one last question though did you watch the world series after after you guys are out uh i i did I'm uh, was, hell. i ain't watching nothing i I, I i watched just i mean i didn't want to but 
at that time, they were like, all right. Actually, no, I take that back. I'm getting it mixed up when we lost. And when we went to Omaha and lost and came back home, no, I didn't watch it. Actually, I was at the water park. <laughs> I was at the water park and the uh, game was on and we seen Ole Miss won and we were livid. We were livid, but and no, I did not watch a single game. Well, I'll tell you this, uh, when I, we were talking about weird moments and what I thought Randy was going to say was uh, Jack Brannigan, it was just, it was not scheduled this way. We like to have fun and say it was, but he was our next guest that Monday after that series. So, of course, uh, we set Randy up to ask all the questions. But with that, I wanted to just tell you what Jack said. And I thought this was the best part. It solidifies probably what anybody who knows baseball and watched all season thought. He still literally said Tennessee was a better team. He said we were just the better team that weekend. Yeah. And I and I think that's the truth of the matter. And that's what it comes down to in sports most times, right? The, the better team doesn't always win. And to mm -hmm. really solidify, Randy, I'll tell you, Dylan DeLucia came on here from Ole Miss. You talked about seeing them win. He sat there and said they think they're lucky stars that y'all got knocked out. He said they had no bit, they did not want to play y'all at all. Yeah. Dylan He's learned good. his lesson from running his mouth after that one game, didn't he, boy? <laughs> yeah. So coming into this season, as we were just talking about, you know, uh, in every preseason ranking, y'all number two, LSU's number one. Y'all seem to be, um, in most people's eyes, a uh, a tier above everybody. Y'all are absolutely loaded with talent. Um, you know, we know the arms. Uh, but, you know, starting this year's scrimmages, for, for you as a batter, you know, who has been – like the one or two guys that have been the hardest to hit off, whether it's the big names or maybe the names that people don't know as much. I'm sure if you ask everybody on our team, it would be the two, the two, uh, uh, two guys, uh, Chase Burns and Chase Stillwinder. But I'm going to say Seth Halverson right now uh, to see that guy just, you know, battle injury and come back. It's going to be very, very good. And he's gonna help our team. Uh so I would say him. Um uh we got a guy, Andrew Lindsay. He's also a tough A B. Um just nothing but power singers and cutters and just all all of the above. But he's he's gonna be pretty, pretty, pretty gross. They're definitely the two toughest. Would you say because my next question was going to be who's flying under the radar. I I think the answer may be who you just said. Is Halverson maybe flying the most under the radar because people forgot about him because he was hurt last year? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and that's not a bad thing at all. And I think it fits right into his his style of play. Because, I mean, I tell you what, if I was in war and I needed one guy, it would be him. And I'm telling you, he doesn't fear anything. Uh, I can – I guess you can say he's a psychopath on our team. <laughs> he's ta he's but, taking over for Gilbert. <laughs> oh, hundred percent. Yeah. So if they, if it's bottom nine, bottom of the ninth, and we're up by one, I want that guy to close. Hundred percent. That's so, what's up. The Christian Scott yeah. endorsement. I love it. So yeah. you know, we just we recently had Blake Burke and Zane Denton on. So taking them out of the the mix and yourself, um, tell us about some of the guys that we should really look for um, in the batting lineup. You know whether it's names that people should know or not know, kind of same thing with the pitching. Give us a few names. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, Maui Ahuna is going to be a big key. Um, he's a shortstop. I mean, he can really – he can swing it, handsy swing, uh, can pick it with the best of them all. Um, 
Griffin Merritt. He's a transfer from Cincinnati. Uh, he's, he's almost like a guy like, you know, a Notre Dame guy who's older, um, can really handle the bat. Um, he's not going to, you know, outrun you or anything or, you know, do anything flashy, but he can really, you know, handle the bat and hit. And uh, a guy like Christian Moore uh, had a really good sophomore or freshman year. Um who's been through it. So I'm excited to see where he's at this year. Um, it's it's going to be a pretty good year for him. And then uh, another one who's probably going to fly under the radar is, uh, well, I could get into Jared Dickey. Everybody knows what Jared Dickey has. I mean, he pretty beast. But uh, Charlie Taylor, for sure, he's a catcher. Um, can really throw it. Uh throw it to second, pick you off, whatever. But uh, I think he's going to be another key piece in our lineup. And, so. and that's why I wanted to ask you that question, because so many people talk about what's lost, and and Randy, you know, is constantly trying to inform yeah. people. But you don't realize there there are so much talent, and and there's guys like like you and Moore and Dickie who are returning, and like you said, the transfer's coming in. Kyle Book. Yeah, Kyle. Yeah. And I don't think people realize that they're they're focusing on the names leaving, and they don't realize the names that are there. And so, um, yeah. people talk about the pitching, but they just don't talk about the lineup enough. And and like you said, you like that, right? Like you go ahead, you know, doubt me. You, that just make that just fuels the fire, right? Can I ask you a question yeah. though, Christian man? And obviously, as a teammate, you mentioned his name. How cool was that moment when Charlie gets the standing ovation and they're chanting his name, right? Because he was kind of struggling, right? I don't know what the moment yeah. was like for him, but how cool yeah. was that for you guys? Uh, it was awesome. I mean, we had his back, but I mean, of course, like he's young, so it's kind of tough, you know, getting thrown into the fire like that. But, you know, next man up. And it, it was pretty cool to see the fans behind him because they easily could have said, no, screw you, Charlie. Like, no, like costing us a game, blah, blah, blah. Could have been bashing him, but no, like, you know, and that just goes a long way with our support here and our fans. So. Yeah, no doubt. So one last one, and then I'll let Daniel play a game with you. Um, you know, a lot of talk about the series this upcoming year. Obviously, we've been talking about LSU, but, you know, being that you're somebody who's been around the program and you've had the Arkansas drama, so there's a lot of talk. You know, y'all got y'all to go to Alex Box. Y'all got to go to Baum Walker. For you personally, man, which one, are, like, are you more excited about? I'm, a, I'm excited uh, regardless of – who I'm playing or whatever, but I'm excited to go to LSU because I've been to every single school except LSU. And uh, but if it was to be who I'm most excited about playing, I would say the first game on the schedule, and that's Arizona. Okay. I mean, that's who we're worried about right now. So, yep. So there's uh been a long, long pause in 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 playing, you know anticipating the first game and, and i would imagine that that's probably the message that coaches relay into you guys like can't look forward forward further than than today and just worry about today and then when that first game comes you worry about that one when the second game comes you worry about that one but man it's been amazing just to hear your journey and hear your story i appreciate you coming on but before we let you bounce you got to play a game. You got to play this or that. All right. Because we got to finish our judgment on you, Christian. All right. You down, to, you down to play? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. All right, man. It's it's very simple. I give you two options. You choose one option or the other. Just be decisive, man. 
don't say both don't say neither just pick the the, the first one that that speaks to you i got you all right here we go pizza or tacos tacos all right it's two it's it's, it's taco tuesday something like you know uh, you're you're a fan of is that like an every week he's thing a lebron guy oh yeah taco tuesday you know yeah yeah i love the tacos i mean I, I like pizza too but you know tacos is the main is, is a go-to i got you all right so daddy hat or fur coat fur coat fur coat because that daddy hat gets 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 dirty with the fur coat you can you know you're like a pimp, you know. And you, yeah, you rock that fur coat well. Yeah, you, you, how bad does it smell though? Yeah, it's it's got to uh, be pretty disgusting, right? Considering Blake Burke wears it all the time. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> well, Blake said y'all nah, ain't cleaned it in the off season, which scares me a little. That's that's a little nasty. <laughs> no, it actually doesn't smell bad at all. It, it's it it's all good. The hat though, the hat is uh, all the sweat and stuff. Uh, you you know I I was I had my my feelings hurt and my my dreams shattered, um, because you know two of your teammates come on here and and they you know I asked them about this fur coat because let, let me let me tell you how I picture this fur coat in between games and in the off season I picture this fur coat on like a mannequin like posted up in this glass case you know next to a bunch of national championship trophies and stuff. But the reality is, y'all just throw it in some closet and it just sits in there. Like I, I think, I think it deserves more respect than that. Y'all, y'all got to do better. It, it's hanging up in the locker room now, so it it's still like in the bathroom area, but it's just hanging up, so nobody can see it and steal it or whatever. So it's just hanging up in the back. That that is a true fact, Daniel. If it was displayed out, somebody might try to steal it. But well, I mean, oh, there's yeah. Hopefully. Uh, Hopefully it hits the Hall of Fame at some point. Whenever y'all are ready to move on to the next article of clothing that y'all wanna. Hey, we're we're just, no, we're just gonna keep adding. That's hey. all. We're just adding to it. Hey, there you go. There you go. We y'all be the, doing uh, y'all be doing mid inning war, wardrobe changes for long. I think we're gonna add the uh, the cane this year, so we'll see. Oh man, is that breaking, breaking news? news? Exactly. Breaking we might. News. Yeah. Hey, we got a few options, but. No chains. Nobody's ever thought about no no chains. That's an option. Like flavor flav with a clock and shit. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an option. We haven't we we're trying to get one customer, so we'll see. We'll see. Ooh, wow. All right. Would you rather rob a home run or hit a home run? Depends on the situation. No, no, that's that's the neither or both thing. I knew you were gonna do that. I was fixing to cut you before don't, you could don't. say it. Don't uh, don't add context to my questions, Christian. <laughs> you just answer it. <laughs> I would say uh hit a home run. For sure. Are you bat flipping if you hit a home run? 100 percent You said for I mean, sure, Daniel. I felt like you would be a robbing a home run kind of guy. Um I just I, me personally, yeah, but I feel like a Tennessee guy, you know, the you know, swinging the stick a little bit, they they want to hit home runs. That's that's their mo. I feel. Oh yeah. Um, bucket list concert or bucket list sporting event? Which one would you would you rather attend? Bucket list sporting event. What is the bucket list sporting event? LeBron in the finals. Oh, yes. That ship is right sailed. There. 
man. Oh. Uh, yeah, for LeBron sure. And the, LeBron in the finals. Well, hey, well, hey, hey, let's do this then, Daniel, since you say the ship is out. If you could pick one of the finals performances he had, Christian, which one would you have went to? Oh, the the um, Cleveland. For sure. Cleveland and Warriors game. 100%. Man. Because I'm a big Kyrie Irving fan, too. So. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? <laughs> Christian, all I right. just got uh, follow-up to that. Do you you don't believe all what he believes, all right? Like no, no, no. I just like the way he plays. Okay, just, the earth, like, the earth, the earth is the earth is round, right? When you hit bombs, yeah. it doesn't. Here's here's what I know. Regardless of what he thinks, yeah. I have three pairs of Kyrie's. I think he has the best shoes, and that's a, that's that's my personal belief. So I don't understand why are Kyrie's shoes so cheap, though, bro. I don't understand. <laughs> Maybe that's I'm, I'm why not, I like them. I can afford them. I don't know. My sunsets cost like two thirty, though. Don't act like they were cheap, cuz. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not hating. I got a bunch of pair of Jordans that cost more than that. It's not that. It's like what I'm asking is why are Kyrie they're fresh? Why are they so cheap? I don't know. Hey, maybe try to do like your boy John, make them affordable to the people. <laughs> if I ever buy a pair Fucking of shoes kids. worth worth two hundred dollars, y'all y'all gotta do something. Man. Y'all gotta do something. All right. All right. Back to it. Who's faster? You or Kyle Booker? Me. No hesitation. <laughs> like, is there, like, like I feel like you said it so quickly and, like, so matter-of-factly, like, y'all have done this and, like, there's footage of this. Uh, There's not footage, but it's just, like, I mean, it's just there. The only person I've raced is Seth Stevenson from last year, and I beat him in a race, so. I'm fixing to text KB right now right. and ask him, you lying. Hey, you're you're, you're basically – you're I mean, basically the fa- fastest guy on the team, right? Yeah, yeah. 100%. No, nobody wants wants that smoke. They they don't. They just no. don't. All right, this is one of my favorite questions. All right, would you rather be attacked by a tiger or a grizzly bear? Like, which one? Like, you got obviously you got to pick the one that you feel like you got a better chance against. So, which which one do you take? Grizzly bear. Why? Because if I got attacked from a grizzly bear, I feel like I can outrun it better than I can a tiger. Christian, you cannot. I can. You no, you can't. I, I, I don't can. know. I don't know. I can't. I'm a go, believer. He's have it. you seen? Have you seen me run? Have you <laughs> go when you get off? That's what I want you to do all night tonight, Christian. I want you to. I want you to nothing but YouTube grizzly bear speed, and then come back and talk to us. I, I, I like I'm telling you, man. You, bro, you life, fast as hell. I guess. If my life depended on it. I promise you, that grizzly bear is not catching me. Well, you, you better, better not be with me because I'm trying yeah. to be able to run in zigzags because I am. I'm doing everything I can. I'm still disappointed. Blake Burke said he would play dead with a grizzly bear. I want to see Blake Burke fight a grizzly <laughs> I mean, bear. I think that is what you're supposed to do, but like. No, yeah. I'm not. But doing Blake's that. a big guy. I want to see. I want to see the fight, bro. He ain't as big as yeah. a grizzly bear. Have you seen a grizzly bear in person? Yeah. Hell, well, maybe shit. he gets one of the smaller ones. I asked a person this one a couple weeks ago. You know what they told me? I'll run up a tree. What the fuck? That, what do nah. you think that bear's gonna do? Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, yeah, definitely grizzly bear. I will. So whatever we I we're gonna. Can, do. Yeah, go ahead. Whatever I can do to get his paws off me and sprint, I'm all about. Not, he will not, not catch. There's nothing you could do Daniel, to get, Daniel, get his paws off of you. Daniel, I mean, we thought we'd be able to outrun him. I'm Daniel, screwed. We thought we were doing I a basketball game, but now we're going to see if somebody can get us a grizzly bear and we can get a race going. 
Oh, I'm pro. I promise you, I will outrun the grizzly bears. Doesn't I mean Drew Gilbert's from like Minnesota? They probably got like grizzly bears. He got a, he's yeah. got a grizzly connect. Yeah, he's got a grizzly <laughs> bear. <laughs> All right, Christian, would you rather save one loved one, or would you rather save a hundred strangers? So, quality or quantity? A loved one. Every time. Yeah, I mean, it's the way to go, right? No, oh, yeah. Sure. Luke Savage is the only one who said the Hunter Strangers. He's he's standing alone still. Yeah. <laughs> Last question. And this is this is a, a highly contested question. Would you rather betray your best friend or would you rather be jailed for a crime you didn't commit? Betray your best friend or jailed for a crime you didn't commit. Can I ask a question, please? Like, how long? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Does it matter? Like, see, that's 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 the silliest question that you, that that people come back with. Well, well, how let's long just, am I in jail? I mean, just, like, let's give, let's give him ten years. Let's give him ten years. Ten. It's not weekend so, time, Christian. No, this, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I'm this, having to betray my best friend every time. I'm, yep. <laughs> I'm not. No. Yeah. <laughs> yep. These dudes that uh, they they already know my answer to this question. I'm gonna stick the knife so far in their back and, and just. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell them later. Twist. But... Who's your yeah. best friend? Cause I just I just no just for research purposes. My no, best friend. Funny. You don't got to tell yeah. it. I'm just joking. I'm just gonna slide in their DMs and let them know. It's okay. Trey would tell them to say the same thing. It's okay. Yeah. So would. Yeah. Well. Christian, man, it's been an absolute pleasure. Blast. What a, a great story, man. Is there anything before you bounce, anything you want to plug or promote? No, just, I mean, thank you guys for having me on. Hopefully we can turn you to a Tennessee fan, though. Hey, yeah, I, yeah I, where I, about I, me, baby? <laughs> look, it, it's it, it's it's how you define fan. Like, do I, do I hope you guys do well and do I hope you win? Do I think you have a really good shot of of going to Omaha? Yeah, absolutely. Do I think you have a good shot if you get to Omaha to win a national championship? 100%. That's not enough. I mean, what like what I'm well, I guess you're you're right, Randy, like what what more do you want? Daniel, me? let me ask you a question. Can you do what I do? I'm not a Tennessee fan, but when we when I go to the games, I wear the Tennessee and off the bench shirt to every Tennessee game. Will you, you wear do? orange? Yeah, will no. you wear a Tennessee and off the bench shirt? I will wear I'll wear black. So y'all Come better, y'all, y'all better to wear be the black. To be fair, we did play Memphis in the fall. And we I was there. I'm a butt weapon. So, I, I, and most Christian, people, most people do. And I was in a boot. I, I did boot. see you in a boot, but let me tell you something, man. Y'all played the longest damn baseball game in the history of baseball. Yeah, three. Well, y'all played. Y'all played 24 innings. I took my daughter with me. She's seven years old. She's a trooper. She was with me. We got to like the the ninth inning, and she knows like nine innings, right? So we get done with that, and she's like. Oh, it's over. I'm like, actually, they got nine more. She was like, What? So we stayed till about the twelfth or thirteenth. Yeah. I look over, she's like, slump. Yeah. I'm like, all right, <laughs> well, it is you. like twenty-three to one or something, so we could probably bounce. Yeah, I don't blame you. Um, I would have been gone yeah, after the yeah. first one. Well, Christian man, I'll I'll help you out on your promotions. If y'all out there want to see what christian scott is doing on taco tuesday maybe he's got tacos maybe he's got burritos maybe he's getting fancy and making a little plate of nachos who knows 
maybe on a Friday, he's just chilling out playing some Fortnite. You, you never know. But you can go on over to Instagram at underscore C Scott eight and you'll get to see him and all his glory during the week doing the things that he loves. Or if you want to see what the volunteers are up to this spring, go on over to Instagram at vol underscore baseball. Check them out. You'll get the updates on the games. You'll get the schedule. You'll get fly promo videos and all the good the goods, man. So, Christian, dude, hey, we wish you the best of luck, man. We hope that you guys have a great season, special season, and hopefully, you know, who knows? You know, we'll bring you back on. We'll talk about it. Might be hoisting a few trophies this year. Oh, yeah, 100%. Let's do it. All right. That's Christian Scott, everybody. If you like hearing Christian's story or you just like hearing us average Joes talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, feedback, likes, hugs, loves, hearts, all the good accolades. We'll take it all and some of the bad, but please make it mostly good. See everybody next week. Got episode eight. We're going to switch gears, man. We're we're moving out of the SEC. We're going to travel to the ACC. We're going to talk ACC baseball with Wake Forest baseball star Brock Wilkin. This has been the End Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong body, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out.